The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager, only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. I'm not gonna lie, guys. This is a rough one to. This is a rough one to look at. It's a rough one to talk about. It's a rough one to analyze. What you just saw was a real live funeral on an NFL field. Who were the pallbearers? Well, Nathaniel Hackett, Zach Wilson, Robert Sala to a degree, Alan Lazard. The collective offensive line, Joe Douglas, they have put the Jets in a coffin. They are lowering them into the dirt. And this is probably, if we're being honest, the end for all intents and purposes of the Jets' 2023 postseason chase. And it happened in front of everybody. And I'm not even screaming and yelling as much as I was after the Chargers game. That one got me more angry. This one just left me stunned. It left me empty inside. It left me confused as to what the hell I am watching. So however you may be joining in, YouTube, Facebook, wherever it may be, thank you so much for tuning into the Jet Press Podcast. You can always find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it may be you get your podcasts. We're on all those sites and YouTube and TikTok. Both are at the Jet Press. Make sure you also give a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. That is big for pumping us up those review charts. So if you like this, make sure you like the video. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit that review. Let's get right into this because I am Mike Luciano. Justin Freed will be joining us in just a little bit once he uh, does a little bit of housekeeping over at thejetpress.com. This one, let's get to some comments in chat first because we are grieving. We are mourning the loss. We are gathered here today. Not as Prince said to get through this thing called life, but to talk about the Jets. As Kenneth uh, Wexner says in chat, time for changes. I mean, if this doesn't cause some change somewhere beyond just not playing CJ Uzama and playing Ruckert more, something more structural. If this doesn't do it, 
nothing's going to do it. Uh, Brian Sternbeck in chat. The Jets have played three teams under 500 in their last three games, and they barely won one. That is correct. Uh, Michael Scotto, uh, referring to the Paul Bearers comment, uh, you forgot Uzama. That's right. I, I did forget CJ Uzama in that comment, but that was as embarrassing a performance as you're going to see from an NFL tight end. Chase Sanders in chat. Uh, this isn't on Zach. Well, I don't know if I agree with that necessarily. Part of it's on Zach. There's no way it can't not be on Zach, especially the way the game ended. Some of it has to be on Zach. I think less of it is on him than the Chargers one was, but he's not he's not getting out free either. Everybody's everybody's getting the slings and arrows today. And then we got another one from a Stanley Mann. On YouTube, Raiders wanted it more than the Jets. Salah and Hector are a disgrace. Brees Hall and G. Wilson, Garrett Wilson, are the only guys playing well. We are garbage. Well, here's what I'll agree with you, Stanley, man. Uh, Hackett is Hackett is any other team with any other quarterback. Hackett is not his key card in work tomorrow with any other team. But it's the Jets, so here we are. Robert Sala, look, I know there were penalties. I know there were... There was some weird clock management at the end of the game, but for a defensive head coach, this has to be just eating them up inside, especially after you thought you were going to get Aaron Rodgers. You're supposed to have Aaron Rodgers playing right now because in the last, like, since the Kansas City game, which they played pretty well, they've given up 21, 14, 10, 27 to the Chargers, but really – one of them was a punt return. One of them they start on the two-yard line. So functionally 13 and 16 points. And in those games, they've lost two of them to the Chargers and the Raiders, both of whom the Jets should have absolutely clobbered. I'm, this is just so disheartening. I mean, I'm disheartened as a fan, as a, as a member of the media watching this game. I'm disheartened. I can't imagine what guys like Sauce Gardner, who locked down Devontae Adams for most of the night, what a game. Jordan Whitehead, I know what a weird play with the whole Josh Jacobs thing, but he comes up with a pick. Great game for him. Quinn and Williams was just blowing up that defensive line, the offensive line of the Raiders. He was unbelievable today. This defense, there are it might be the best in the league. It, it's certainly top five. I don't know if it's number one, but there's at least an argument, and yet they got to go watch this dreck, this pap, this baby food, this vomit in football form. I don't know how somebody hasn't snapped and beat somebody up in the locker room. I'm not advocating for it, but I mean, gee whiz, wouldn't surprise me. Tommy Spikers uh, in chat. Why would we expect anything else? This is who we are. Well, I thought we were a four and three team with some playoff chances. That's what I thought. And then we it just completely peters out like this. Chase Sanders in the chat. I think we should trade, try trading for Jacoby Brissett at the deadline. I mean, I don't know if Brissett was available, but Josh Dobbs certainly was. Tons of guys were. And yet here we are with Zach Wilson. Uh, Eddie Panicia. I hope I pronounced that right. Panicia, 11 quarters without a touchdown. That's correct. And 36 drives in a row without even getting to the end zone. There are teams that score four or five touchdowns regularly in a game. We can't get one in two, three games. And yet we're going to do the same thing again against the Bills next week. <laughs> Jonathan Gaucher. Zach was the leading rusher, and it wasn't close. I mean, Wilson used his legs. Reese Hall, really rough game for him. I mean, not every game he's going to run for 100 yards. It happens in the NFL, but just nothing going on the ground. It took Hackett about two quarters before he finally realized that. 
Neil Malingo in chat. Zach threw an interception, but he can't be blamed for this loss. There were just too many key penalties. I've never seen in the last couple of years, at least, I don't say I've never seen in the last couple of years, so many big plays in one half of football wiped out by penalties. I mean, that was un- unreal. Every single time it looked like they were getting momentum. I don't even want to, I haven't tallied them up yet. Had to be about 50, 60 yards that they lost in just penalties. Garrett Wilson had a big reverse run. Brees Hall had a big run. Obviously, the touchdown that got nullified for C.J. Uzama, who I, I know firing a coach is a bigger structural move. There's no reason Uzama should ever see the field again for the Jets. Or maybe in the NFL, there's no reason. What, what does he do? Tell me what he does. One thing he does. It's not blocking. It's not catching. It's not not getting penalties. He's got to do something out there. Unless it's the Jets where you could do nothing like Randall Cobb or Uzama and still get on the field. Ron Plasky, Hackett is atrocious, worst play caller ever. I'm going to alienate some people in the chat. Adam Gase was a better play caller and offensive mind than this. Adam Gase, early in games, was really good at scripting things out. If he kind of figured you out before the game, the offense actually looked okay. Now, he had nothing to work with, and then when he got kind of knocked off center, when he had to adapt in the middle of the game, he couldn't do anything. That was Adam Gase's problem. Hackett can't even do that. This guy just gives you nothing. He's worse than his dad, Paul Hackett. Richard Tin- Tinley or Tinsley? Tinley. We got Wilson Hall, little, literally nobody else on offense. Lazard is doing his usual impression of the invisible man. Last two weeks have been brutal for Lazard, man, because I thought he was actually playing okay the first five, six weeks, and then he just turned his brain off and, and lost his mind. I don't know what happened. He was not this bad in Green Bay. Even though he's had his struggles, he was not this bad in Green Bay. Chase Sanders again in chat. The first half show when Zach has time, he can ball, but it's like there's a switch that flips after each half with the playbook. Like it's the way that they use Zach in this game. I get that. I get that. It's easy to just say, you know, throw the ball more when the runs aren't working or run the ball more when the throws aren't working. But just where it seemed like they were getting momentum, that's when Nathaniel Hackett decided to completely abandon ship. It's it truly in terms of a game plan and planning point, just just completely baffles the mind. As we welcome in Justin Freed, who I'm sure is as thrilled about the result of this game as I am. Uh, I effectively declared this season dead with Buffalo and Miami coming up, one of which is on the road in Buffalo. It seems like the, the Jets are kind of running out of running out of steam here, and it's terrible because they wasted an amazing defensive performance yet again. I mean – we always hear the, de- the definition of insanity. Same thing over and over again, different results and all that. The Jets are doing that. Th- then what are we? What assholes are we? We come here and we say the same thing every time. The defense is great. Robert Sala put together a great unit. Zach Wilson stinks. The play calling sucks. They should bench players X, Y, and Z. Just swap that out. And then hopefully the next game they'll win. That's That's been every show for the last God knows how many weeks in a row. It has. And unfortunately, like you said, Mike, even if they make the changes now, it might be too late. And I feel like this is we're, we're seeing exactly what we saw last season, where they overevaluate their roster, they overevaluate their success, or they overvalue their success, and then they make changes too late. That's what we're seeing now. If they eventually bench guys like CJ Uzama, or I don't even want to say Dalvin Cook, he honestly looked fine in this game. I'd, I'd give Izzy Abanacanda some snaps over Michael Carter at this point. Uh, even if they eventually make these changes, is it going to matter? They're four and five now. They had a 25% chance of making the playoffs if they lost this game. And I think it's even lower than that because the Steelers won, the Browns won, the, the Texans won. Their, their, their season is on life support. And it's it sucks because 
we can't just sit here. I'm like, I'm not going to come on the show and sit here and be like, oh, yeah, it's all Zach Wilson's fault. If Trevor Simeon played this game, they win this game. Because I don't think they do, Mike. And I know we've said that a lot in the show that, oh, if Trevor Simeon played this or played that, they win the game. I don't think that happens in this game. Well, I don't think Zach was particularly good. I don't think he was issue one, two, or three with the Jets team this, this week. The offense just blows. Like, it sucks. It's all terrible. Every part of it sucks. Even, honestly, the offensive line was all right. They were okay today against Max Crosby. They limited him, which, by the way, I'll throw this out there right now. I haven't made a sports bet in weeks. I bet $100, Mike. I bet $100 on Max Crosby getting a sack this week with the thought that, hey, if Max Crosby doesn't get a sack, that must mean the Jets won. Well, fuck me, Mike, because Max Crosby didn't get a sack, and the Jets still lost. Because I under the Jet Press podcast, Justin's broke now. He's going to be eating eating multivitamin gummies for dinner. It's, I underestimated how bad everything with this offense is. And I think it starts with Nathaniel Hackett. And it sucks because we're going to sit here, Mike. And I think for the remainder of the season, talk about how bad Nathaniel Hackett is, is at his job, and nothing's going to change. He will remain the offensive play caller because they can't change anything. They can't do anything. This is what they signed up for. They signed up for Nathaniel Hackett. Unfortunately, they expected him to pair with Aaron Rodgers. And when Aaron Rodgers went down, not only did the Jets lose their quarterback, they evidently lost their offensive coordinator as well. And you can't run an offense without a quarterback and an offensive coordinator. It's all the bad parts of Rodgers, the the weird comments in the media and Hackett and the buddies that come with him, and none of the good parts, which is him playing quarterback, or the one good part, rather. Uh, Which one do you want to go into first more specifically, Zach, Hackett? Because, again, like I really don't even want to – touch on the defense too much because again 16 points Aiden O'Connell really did not I mean he made a couple throws more than I thought he would but he really didn't have (laughs) he had a couple but it's a rookie in his third no 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 what makes me mad is how good the Jets defense is Mike it makes me mad this is the best Jets defense I've seen in my life. It's better than 09. It's better than 2010. The personnel the Jets have there right now is better than those teams that that carried Mark Sanchez to back-to-back AFC Championship games. I'm sorry, no offense to Mark Sanchez. That wasn't meant to be a stray, right? He actually played very well in the playoffs. But still, this, 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 this defense is amazing. It's insane. And every week we have the same conversation. And, like, I don't even know what to do. Like, I know my job is to analyze this shit. But what am I supposed to say? You guys know. You, everybody here knows what we saw. We see the same shit every week. The offense blows, the defense plays lights out, and, and they either win or lose based on a couple couple lucky bounces. That is the Jets' season. There were a couple of fumbles. Maybe the Jets could have recovered. But even still, the Jets' defense had two takeaways. They gave the offense plenty of opportunities to win it. And for one reason or another, they couldn't get it done. Penalties, drops, an untimely interception, a fumble that Zach Wilson thankfully recovered. But that one could have gone the other way as well because he still has zero pocket presence. Like, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. What am I supposed to say? Like, it was easier. Can we rewind to week week five or week six when I'm, like, screaming to bench Randall Cobb? Because they benched Randall Cobb, and it didn't change shit because they got nothing else at receiver. But unfortunately, they signed up for this, Mike. They went into the trade di- deadline, looked at their roster, and said, we're okay with what we got. We're content. We think we could turn around, turn it around with the pieces that we have. Well, they can't. I don't know if it's the roster. I don't know if it's a coaching staff. It's probably both, but they can't. I don't think the Jets have the personnel on offense to turn this thing around, which means we have, what, seven more games of this? And it's going to be the same. It's going to be the same story every week. It doesn't matter if they're playing the Eagles. It doesn't matter if they're playing the Giants. It's the same story every week. The defense will dominate. It'll keep them in the game, and they will win based on if a couple of lucky bounces go their way. That's how it's going to happen. We're going to sit through weeks and weeks of terrible offensive football, 
Because that's what we have, and I've seen nothing that tells me that anything is changing. Robert Sala, I thought we moved the ball well today. Please stop with these things. It's just the definition of insanity. Like, oh, oh my God, all right, man. All right. We were supposed to be done with this. We'll, right, just we'll, we'll, touch on the defense. we'll touch on the defense first. Stop me if you hear an objectionable statement. So that way we don't just keep agreeing on each other. Sure. Owen Williams, maybe his best game of the year, just completely wrecked it. Yes. Jermaine Johnson, very, very good. Yes. Aiden O'Connell mostly didn't do very much. I mean, yes. again, for a, a rookie playing where he was, I thought he did okay. But, again, compared to other NFL games, not particularly good. Josh Jacobs had, like, one big run and then a bunch of two, three-yard grinding it out runs. I don't think he really blew me. I mean, he had the big run, obviously. I give him credit for that. But he didn't really flatten this Jets run defense that's been at least kind of suspect. And Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed, A-plus game on Devontae Adams – all yep. things considered, Sauce was great on him. I thought the few Amazing. times that he. All right, so that's all good. Defense is great. Hallelujah. Good job, Salah. All right, you it's you pick first, right. Wilson or Hackett. You pick first. Let's go Hackett. Let's let's go Hackett first because I'm tired of talking about Zach Wilson. Let's shit on someone else. Let's all right, let's all right, let's go with Hackett. All right, so I thought honestly the first quarter and half of the second quarter. Good. Pretty good. Yes, was good. moving the ball well. Uh, I think Dalvin Cook had one. It's it's sad to say with four touches. I thought he it actually fine. They're gonna have me say and get Dalvin Cook more touches soon. I, I can't believe that because like, look yeah. at how far we've come. Dalvin Wilson, I thought Dalvin Cook really, get. really quick. Dalvin Cook is a top four skill player on the Jets offense right now. True or false? I mean, Wilson, Conklin, Hall. Yes, and then four, who's four? It might be Cook. It's either <laughs> Cook or Xavier Gibson. <laughs> Maybe Ruckert, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe Ruckert, but he doesn't even get touches. Like, oh, it's just uh, – so All bad. right, so I like the way they were moving the ball. I thought Zach was – looked look very comfortable. I like that they were using him vertically a little bit more. I thought Garrett Wilson played tremendous again. I mean, bet, beat up. He's still making play – God, Garrett Wilson's so good. Imagine what his team would be without Garrett Wilson. But uh, would we even score points at all? We, we, we need to field score a touchdown with Garrett Wilson. What are they doing without him? <laughs> not even getting. I remember, remember that one year the Cardinals had Sam Bradford and they like couldn't get past midfield for like a game and a half. Like that would happen with the Jets. Yeah, I, I just and imagine, imagine, just just imagine. Garrett Wilson with a good quarterback or in a good offense. Let's just say uh, before in an like, average oh, offense. Yeah. But before anyone's like, Oh, shut up with the quarterback. It's not him in a good offense. Let's just say that. Imagine Garrett Wilson in a competent offense. Like there's a reason this guy was one of the favorites for offensive player of the year going into the season when they thought that Aaron Rodgers would be his quarterback. He's great. He, he, he's, he's just great. All right. So there's that. Here's the thing with Hackett too, because I've often, I don't want to say defended Hackett, but I always hear things like, a lack of creativity and, you know, trust Zach Wilson to throw more. I'm like, all right, trusting Zach Wilson is a, a fool's errand, as we've seen for large parts of his career. But I'm just watching Hackett. I said before you come on, Adam Gase was better. Adam Gase knew how to script an opening drive. He Hackett actually doesn't. It's you, you look around this league. Uh, uh, this has been said before. L- look at what other Shanahan guys are doing. Miami. San Francisco, Minnesota with backup quarterbacks. It's vertical. It's fast-paced. It's fun. The quarterbacks are on the move. This guy doesn't ro- – like things that you think that aren't even offensive innovations anymore because they've been in the game for so long. He doesn't even do that. He doesn't roll the quarterback out. He doesn't use motion. He doesn't throw the ball vertically. 
Like, these are things that aren't like, oh, they're hallmarks of my scheme, my brilliant scheme. These are just basic stuff you got to do to have an offense work, and he doesn't do it. And and this is the confusing thing. Why doesn't he – is it – it's not that he can't – that he's not c- cognitively capable of that because I'm sure everybody's yelling in his freaking ear about stuff to do, and coaches pass notes around stuff like that. So earlier on, I'm like, all right, he's clearly giving him giving Zach Wilson the Fisher Price Kitty Baby's first offense. I'm like, okay, and he just doesn't want to open up because of that. Now I don't know what it is. Does he think it's does, is he like against it on principle? Like he, he doesn't even attempt these things. It's li- like it, it's one thing to know if you're going to run in a run situation and pass in a pass situation, which he it, that's very easy for him too. But even when he's passing. I mean, how many different variations of pass plays does he have? Like seven or eight? There are teams in this league that have 100. I only see the same seven or eight concepts, and they don't work, and he keeps doing them. Like, you'd think, why wouldn't Hackett just himself think, like, all right, let me spend an extra hour in the building and come up with two extra plays or something like that. It seems like he's not even doing that. I don't know what it is. It's clearly not because they don't want to – teach the offense is because it's too complex or something like that. <laughs> Try something. One, one thing. Oh yeah. The wide receiver pass that he threw with Garrett Wilson who hurt his Dude. throwing arm. And then he doesn't leave. That's like, that's the sit Like, and that's, that's the, that's like thing. the, uh, when the monkey's paw curls, you're like, Oh, I wish Garrett Nathaniel Hackett would do something creative. Okay. Yeah. And then yeah, does that. it's the simple shit because the play was actually really well designed and it, they bit on it. It was actually a really well designed play. They just called it at the worst possible time. They called it immediately after their star receiver who you're having throw the ball hurts his hand or his wrist or his shoulder or elbow, whatever it was. His right arm was hurt and they have him throw the ball. Like that's Which they haven't done all year. Why then? Why then? I think the biggest issue, and I, I'm glad Josh Kerr brought this up in chat. He brings up a great point because we have seen Hackett come out with a good game plan. I thought what they did against Kansas City not only was a good game plan, but Zach Wilson played absolutely the best game of his, not only the season but of his career. I because, thought the opening game plan was good for crying out loud. Yes, or so it was of this game, and then they just they just curled up into a hole. I think. Overall, it comes down to – I think it's just ultimately a, a, a mindset problem with this team. And we saw it going into the game. Honestly, legitimately, before the game started, Robert Sala had a quote. Apparently, he told Tony Dungy this because Tony Dungy said this on air. He said that Sala told him before the game that it'd be first to 20 would win the game. Well, Sala was wrong. Nobody scored 20, which honestly I saw that coming. Uh, but I think that's an awful, awful, awful mindset to have as a head coach. Not only just to say that publicly because, first of all, you're saying that publicly, you're literally openly admitting that your offense can't score 20 points against a really bad defense. That's probably not something you should be openly admitting to the public, even if it's true. has so many quotes where it's like, man, if I just knew the head coach of the Jets, I'd really give him a piece of my mind about some (laughs) of these things. Dude, it's you. I know. I I think it's, it's ultimately a mindset problem. The Jets expect to win every single game by their defense carrying them. That's how they go in. They go into every game thinking, we're not going to score a lot on offense. Let's let's just not make a lot of mistakes, and let's let the defense try and carry us. That's how Nathaniel Hackett coaches. That's how Robert Sala coaches. And, And to Robert Sala's credit, the Jets' defense does dominate every game. But you cannot coach scared in the NFL. You can't do it. It doesn't win games. Coaches do not win games by coaching scared. Nathaniel Hackett, for most of the season, has coached as if, his team is up by 20 in every game. That's not what's happening. You're you're losing or you're playing in a close game every single time. 
only because your defense is keeping you in games. In that Chiefs game, they came out and said, you know what? We got to score. This is a really good Chiefs offense. We need to keep up with them. And, and they let Zach Wilson rip it. They got him moving outside the pocket. They had a lot of pre-snap motion. It looked like a modern NFL offense. It, it looked like a modern offense, which is not what Nathaniel Hackett's offense has looked like pretty much every week since then. They coach scared. They play like they're, they're ahead by 20. They play like they're not trying to make any mistakes. You can't do that. And honestly, Zach Wilson shouldn't be playing that way either. And look, I know people are going to shit on him for the interception at the end of the game. I don't even think it was the worst play he's made in the last couple of weeks. Like it wasn't even, it was honestly a really good play by Spillane. Yes, he zeroed in on Lazard. I understand he kind of locked in on him. But when you're like, when you're a quarterback in that situation, when you're trying to win the game for your team at the end of the game, those interceptions are going to happen. And I would gladly trade, trade more Zach Wilson interceptions for him taking more shots down the field. Now, the pocket presence, that's a major issue. That's 100% on Zach, and I don't think that has anything to do with coaching, and I don't know if you've even fixed that at this point. His pocket presence is zero. We saw him fumble again in this game, and it's insane to me, again, not to point this out because it's just tiresome at this point, but me saying on Twitter that Zach Wilson maybe shouldn't fumble every time he gets touched is somehow a controversial take. I don't know how that's a controversial thing. That <laughs> somehow it's like, oh, did you see Becton get beat? I'm like, yeah, Becton got beat, but maybe the quarterback could just not fumble wild concept uh but i don't think you could fix that if you're nathaniel hackett but maybe you could just not coach like you're scared you could not coach like you're trying not to turn the ball over every play and i think the jets offense while they would undoubtedly turn the ball over more would also get more results and maybe they'd score a touchdown like the, the jets haven't had an offensive a touchdown drive longer than one play since week four it's gonna going be week to 11 next week we're going into week 11 they, they've had four touchdowns since then. One of them has been has been defensive. Three offensive touchdowns since week four. And, and won the Eagles let him score. And won the Eagles let him score from three yards out or whatever with Brees Hall. This offense stinks. Like, and, and it sucks that we're just saying that every single week. Just – it's not – You can't say they don't stink. It's the only option we got. True. And it's not as simple as just, like, opening up the playbook. I really think it's a mindset. I, I, I really think it's a mindset. And honestly, for as much as I love Robert Sala and for all the people – that you know will criticize Salah, which he does deserve some criticism. Salah was third in the in the in the league in uh, in coach of the year odds going into the week. I, he's not going anywhere, nor should he go anywhere. But I do think it starts with Salah, where it's a mindset issue, where you're going into every game thinking, all right, if we can hold the team under ten points, we can win this game, and we gotta we gotta just hope our offense doesn't lose us the game. You're not gonna win games that way, and and it's proven that that's the case. Like like I said earlier. You're going to go in if, you, if that's your mindset going into every single game. You're going to have your defense dominate, and you're just going to basically hope to win the game on a few lucky bounces and hope that Zach Wilson doesn't fumble more than the opposing quarterback does. Like that, that's really what you're hoping for, and you're not going to win games doing that. You, you want to get to some comments in chat because sure. we we appreciate all your guys all your guys comments. It, it's event session for all of us because this is it sucks. Like I. I didn't want to be watching this, Mike. I, I thought we'd be sitting here in week 10 watching Aaron Rodgers throw to Garrett Wilson. Wilson would be on pace for like 1,300 yards. I didn't want to see Zach Wilson out here again. I, I just – I didn't want to see it's this. Same, it's same time that the collapse is happening as last year, same way, same issues, complete repeat. Oh, right, so let's get let's get through. Just, uh, you see that? Oh, I just really quick. Brian, and, and this, just, this hurts, man. This – hold on. Did it, did it pop up? Where is it? Here it is. Tommy DeVito has more touchdown passes the last two weeks than Zach Wilson has in his last five. <sighs> that's that's a true fact. That's a that's a football and fact. I, and I said it before, I've said it before on Twitter, and I still believe it. Tommy DeVito is the only current starting quarterback that I believe that Zach Wilson is better than. But 
you're just looking at the state of that Giants offense and what they're working with, it's even worse than the Giant than the Jets. So just seeing that that Tommy DeVito is more touchdown. Both teams biggest. in New York had like each had one season of not a bottom ten offense for like ten years. It, Did you, you saw the stat? You saw the stat that it was it was before this game, but only four teams uh, in the last five seasons have had eight or fewer touchdowns through their first eight games. Those teams are the 2019 Jets, the 2020 Jets, the 2023 Jets, and the 2023 Giants. This city, man. So let's get to the comments. Uh, Tony Stark, way back. Oh, yeah. I can't smile through this. Greg the Leg is the MVP. So far. He was yes. great. He's awesome. Greg's awesome. Uh, Allison Churkins, this season is sucking my will to live. I mean, uh, yep. it's it's sucking my enthusiasm out of it. I don't know my that's will what, to live. That sounds morbid, but okay. What the Jets uh, will do to you, man. That's what the Jets will do to you. Glenn Rajot, Rajote, Rajote. He's a dink and dunk coordinator. Not even that, because some dink and dunk coordinators score touchdowns. Not hack it. You can, you can say Kyle Shanahan's a dink and dunk coordinator. A lot of that shit's yards after, yards after the catch, and it, it works. Like you can, you can, you can have a successful offense where you're not only throwing it downfield. You're not taking a ton of deep shots, but they don't. Jonathan Gaucher, Rogers made hacks Corey like TB Bay McDaniel's. I, well, our theory before we really don't even think Rogers thinks Hackett's a good, but Rogers is looking at these plays. By the way, did you see that one time when he called the yep. run on third and one? He got pissed. Yep. Like he yep. knows that this isn't good schematic football. He just didn't like Mike McCarthy and Nathaniel Hackett let him do whatever he wanted in Green Bay. That's why Rogers likes him, I think. Yeah. That personally. You're not wrong. Uh Michael Randazzo never got another wide receiver. Lazard sucks. I mean, the last two weeks, like he started off okay. The last two weeks, he's lost his mind. Yep. yep. He stopped running on a couple plays. He also had that one, the one slant pass, which that was the no look from Zach Wilson, which I mean, look. If you want to know why Zach Wilson is starting still, that's why. Trevor Simeon's not doing that, and I sure as hell Tim Boyle's not doing that. So that's that's why the Jets are starting Zach Wilson. And look, I'll, I'll be the first to say that this week, I again, I don't think that Trevor Simeon would have done a better job. But even on that that no-look pass, Lazard bobbled it. Like, the dude's hands are stone. I want to get – we haven't really talked about this a lot yet, but it was early in the game. Tony Stark, again, few self-inflicted penalties. Yeah. Not the reason you lost. I mean, how about those penalties? And they had to lose about 60 yards and just – Penalties. Yep. They on. scored a touchdown. They, they scored a touchdown, and we're not even talking about it because CJ Uzama. CJ Uzama with the hold. And as much as I want to be like, yeah, bench him for Ruckert, and a part of me still does say that, we're forgetting that Ruckert had a couple of big penalties last week too. Like, it's just everybody. It's everybody. And when it's everybody, who do you even blame? It's easy to just be like the coach. But again, I've always stand by, I always say this, that there's no correlation between teams that get a lot of penalty yards and bad coaching. It's kind of just shit just happens sometimes. Although, again, I do think the Jets defense is more uh, adept to getting those those rough in the passer penalties and those unnecessary roughing penalties, but has nothing to do with the offense. Our, our unofficial statistician, Brian, in chat, uh, since the 16 game era began, the Jets have had a top 10 scoring offense six times. God, that's embarrassing. They've had a bottom five scoring offense 12 times, including six in the last decade. And here we are again. We, a team acquired Aaron Rodgers to play quarterback in the offseason and are worse on offense than they were last year. It it truly boggles the mind how six how in the last decade. Happen. You know how like that's that's so hard to do. To not be bottom five, let alone that's so, low average. That's so you're almost have to try. That's so hard to do. Oh my god, man. This is – and then obviously a sweet Blackberry in chat, uh, 87, can't stand him, Uzama. Like, he's going to be our new – I want to say he's going to be our new Randall Cobb where we just keep saying bench him, bench him, bench him. He, would Jeremy Rucker have done anything different in this game? 
I, I don't know. Because again, and like I, I do I do want to give Rucker more snaps over Zama, but Uzama Rucker had a couple of killer penalties last week too. So who knows, man? <laughs> who knows? Like it's everybody. And then you had the Michael Carr shot block, which that was questionable, but still a killer penalty. Like it's just it's all bad. It's all just bad. And I don't even know what you do. I don't know what you do. I don't know what you can say at this point. It, it's at the point though, where you know, you touched on it earlier. Is it too late to make these changes? Even if they do make wholesale changes, they're fighting a major uphill battle at this point. Honestly, like their best chance of the playoffs is winning the division because at least they kind of control their destiny a lot there. They play two more games against the Dolphins. They play another game against the Bills. They absolutely could climb somehow back into this division race. They're two games back of the Dolphins. If you win both games against Miami, you're right there. Not that I have any faith in that happening. I'm just throwing it out there for the sake of optimism. I don't know. I, I, honestly, I don't even know why I'm saying it. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc buffalo miami and again look at the easier games on the schedule washington looks like an actual team you gotta worry about houston now oh my god cj stroud look what he's doing that was the easy part yep Browns have that defense. Like there, there's no easy game on maybe it, the Falcons. Like, I don't know, but, but still they're, they're okay. It's to the point where I look at every single Jets game the exact same way. If the Jets are playing the Eagles next week, I'd be like, yeah, they got a decent shot at winning and they got a decent shot of losing. That's what it is. Like, unfortunately, last couple of weeks they've had a couple of bounces go their their or not go their way. The Chargers they had a lot of bounces not go their way, and then everything kind of snowballed. But the Jets had every opportunity to win this game. Just a couple of lucky bounces don't go their way. You know, even on that last Hail Mary, Garrett Wilson was this close to catching it. Conklin kind of knocked it out of his hands. It was actually an insane throw to even get the ball to the end zone. It was from an by Zach Wilson. And if that's completed, we have a completely different narrative here. But that is, that's the story of the Jets season though, isn't it? If Xavier Gibson doesn't run that, that, that pump return back for a touchdown in week one, we're talking different things after that game. If the Tavon Giants Thibodeau's and jump offside and Tommy yep. DeVito beats him. If the Giants don't have one of the worst meltdowns I've ever seen an NFL team have in a game, we're talking completely different. Same, same thing for the Eagles. If Jalen Hurts doesn't throw maybe the worst interception of his career at the worst possible time, we're talking different. Like every game, with the exception of the Chargers and the Cowboys, has been a coin flip for the Jets. And that's what they signed up for. They, they That's how they're approaching these games. Every time they're going into a game, they're saying, we're hoping our defense keeps us in the game and we get a few lucky bounces on offense and maybe, maybe we score a touchdown. That's not sustainable. We said it a few weeks ago, the Jets overvalued their current roster. And that's why they're here, man. That's why and the here. worst part, we're not the only people that know this. We're not breaking new information. You think Robert Sala and Hackett don't know that, that, that this is unacceptable? See, and that's where... That's where this disconnect is happening, and it makes yep. no sense, and it's driving me crazy because I get obviously you want to put out that you want to make it look like everything's fine, even if it's not. Like every team does that. 
all the time, no matter how chaotic things are. But looking at this, like Robert Sala is a great defensive mind. I don't want to be too hard on Sala because everybody loves his defense, and he's the main reason why. Schematically what they do, how they motivate players, identifying talent. I'm sure every big free agent and draft acquisition they made on the defensive side, Douglas and Sala have banged heads together and figured out, all right, this guy, let's go sign DJ Reed. Let's go draft Sauce Gardner. That's all what he's part of. I refuse to believe that a guy who knows that much about offense, because you've got to know a lot about offense to be a good defensive coordinator to stop the offenses. How can a guy that knowledgeable, that respected, not say, all right, this is not only a problem. This is a five-alarm fire that's not only going to sink our season. It, if we didn't have Aaron Rodgers, if Aaron Rodgers is not on this team, every single person might get the ax after this year. Because that would yeah. be year three of Robert Sala and year five of Joe Douglas, and they still haven't had a winning season. Now they have Rodgers coming back, and they have an infrastructure where with him, you think they can compete for a postseason spot. I certainly think they would be in one right now if he played just because of how much of a – base floor of competency he gives you why does he keep he keeps making it seem like yeah we just make a tweak here a tweak there everything's gonna click it's week 11 nothing is clicked nothing is clicked wholesale changes again but as we said earlier you can't make wholesale changes in week 11 what if they when when are they going to be fully implemented by week 13 14 season's over by then and the worst part about it Wholesale changes sounds like a big word. I mean, the things we were asking for, we weren't asking to cut the new team and sign a whole replacement group of scabs or something like that. We're saying consider a quarterback change for probably the worst starting quarterback in the league and get the ball into your hands of your playmakers more and maybe philosophically change some things up in the 31st-ranked offense that the only one that's worse is the Giants. Maybe change something philosophically. They sound big. Those are three things you can easily do. Teams do it all the time, and they end up better off for it, and they end up going on deep postseason runs. Why have they not considered it or at least implemented it? They've surely considered it. What's the hesitation? What are you scared of? It's the definition of insanity. That's what it is. And you've got a comment here. From Jesse Cardenas in chat, who I believe is a Raiders fan. Shout out to any Raiders fans listening. Brad, some I'm win sure in. you're loving that. Again, look. Antonio you guys Pierce won fair and square, man. They did. And shout out Antonio Pierce. Good for them. But this is the mindset other fan teams, fan bases have. He said, I'm just excited we were able to put up 16 in your guys' defense. Imagine that being the mindset of opposing teams' fan bases. And we're still talking about losing two in a row and having no faith in making the playoffs. Like, Teams are excited when they put up 16 points against this defense. (laughs) And we're sitting here talking about maybe the Jets can win a few more games if a few lucky bounces go their way. That should not be the mindset. But it is. It is. Robert Sala and why Brees Hall isn't involved more in the passing game. It's something we definitely definitely need to look at. Oh, really? He's one of the best pass-catching backs in the league. He's a really good pass-catcher. He's also the best blocker. Sala, I like you. Come closer to the computer if you're listening. It's week 11. It's not week two. He talks like it's week two or three. Gee whiz. The lack of urgency on this guy is – that's the – I'm a Sala fan. The lack of urgency he has, Hackett has. I get you don't want to make it seem like everybody's running around with their hair on fire. That's not good either. That'll probably cause some internal strife. At this point, maybe set some people's hair on fire. Maybe some guys will thrive in the chaos. Maybe they'll overcome something for crying out loud. 
ESPN's updated playoff odds give the Jets a 3% chance of making the playoffs. The three too many. <laughs> the, the, the 0.3 maybe. Three? No. And I, I honestly, legitimately, I know the last – look, I, let's, let's talk about Zach Wilson a little bit now because we haven't really gotten fully into Zach Wilson because I think he was all right. I think he was fine. I think he was genuinely okay. I know he had the interception at the end of the game. Whatever. You're asking him that you're asking a backup quarterback to try and win you the game. You couldn't score a touchdown before that. You shouldn't even be in that position in the first place. Whatever. Pretty much the from the middle of the second quarter to the end of the third quarter, nothing happened. Yeah. Now that he didn't really that big malaise that you can't just ignore. I don't think he was particularly great, although I think he had his moments. I think there were much bigger issues in this game. I thought he was much worse in the Chargers game and much more to blame for their loss in the Chargers game and much more to blame for their offensive ineptitude in that game than he was in this game. He was fine. And legitimately, I'm fine rolling with him moving forward. I am. I understand why they want to do it. And if this is what, you know what, this, I think, I think I boiled it down here, Mike. This is what bothers me the most because their their explanation, and this was reported by Dan Arosini earlier uh, yesterday, technically, because it's 1208, whatever, today. It was reported by Dan Arosini that they're sticking with Zach Wilson because they believe he has the highest upside of any of the quarterbacks on the roster, which is 100% true. Absolutely correct. Zach Wilson has a higher upside than Trevor Simeon, and breaking news, he has a higher upside than Tim Boyle. Shocker, I know. But if that's their rationale, if they're saying we're going to stick with a quarterback that has a higher upside, why is your offense playing scared? If you want a quarterback that's just going to dink and dunk and play scared football, why isn't Trevor Simeon starting? Because Simeon will get the ball out. Zach Wilson will probably tell you Simeon gets the ball out quicker. He will, and he's more accurate than Zach Wilson, too. Zach's ball placement today was very inconsistent. Very, very – he had a couple of really nice throws. I thought he had a really nice deep ball to Garrett Wilson that Wilson had a shot at catching and he didn't bring it in. It was – honestly, it was a tough play with safety coverage over the top. You can't make every great catch. It happens. You can't make every great catch. But I think his ball placement was was solid at points, but it was pretty inconsistent overall. Trevor Simeon's ball placement will be better. But you're not starting Zach Wilson because you want the the consistency. You don't want – you're not starting Zach Wilson because you want the consistent nice reads and the the, the perfect ball placement or even just competent ball placement. You're starting him because – you have he brings a higher upside to your offense because he has better arm talent than Trevor Simeon. He can make plays with his legs, which finally he did a little bit tonight. But that's why you're starting him. So if you're off, if you're sticking with Zach Wilson because you're 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 saying he has the highest upside, why are you playing with the low upside offense you're playing with? Why is that your game plan every single week except from the Chiefs, except for the, the Chiefs game? It's we, dumb. We don't, we don't want him to turn the ball over and hurt the defense. It's start the defense, if this defense is this death star <laughs> that completely destroys great quarterbacks, Mahomes, Allen, Herbert, yeah. Jalen Hurts. If they could do that, why not be riskier? So what if he throws a pick? Apparently they're right. so good you can't just stop him or force another turnover or get the ball right back. That would make me more aggressive if turn I had a great defense. Because I know this, that I have more margin for error as an offense. This is going to sound like such a stupid comment, but turnovers are overrated for quarterbacks. And I, and I mean that by saying that a lot of the best quarterbacks tend to turn the ball over a lot. It happens. Patrick Mahomes turns it over a lot. Josh Allen turns it over a lot. But they make up for it because they can also make the big plays. And they, they turn the ball over a lot because they're taking chances. That's one of the biggest criticisms against Justin Herbert, for example, is that He's not aggressive enough. He doesn't know how good he is sometimes. I want Justin Herbert, as just an NFL fan, to take more chances. That would probably lead to more turnovers, but it would also lead to him maximizing his talent. The Jets need to do that with Zach Wilson. They need to do that with this offense because they're starting Zach Wilson because they believe he has the highest upside. So take advantage of it. If you're going to just run this game plan, you might as well just start Trevor Simeon. 
Because you're not what Trevor Simeon, what, what Zach Wilson, what you're asking Zach Wilson to do right now, Simeon can probably do better. But there are things that Wilson can do that Trevor Simeon cannot do. Take advantage of those things. If you're starting Zach, maximize what he can do. Get him outside the pocket. Let him utilize his legs. Let him take some deep shots every once in a while. Play action. That's the shit he should be doing more. Don't do the the simple three-step drops, the little throws out to the flats, because he's not hes not hitting those. Like, you could obviously mix those in, but that's not his strength, and it never has been, and I don't think it ever will be his strength. He, some of those throws, people are talking about the, the Wilson deep shot, even the Hail Mary. Before even that, when he was throwing a Conklin down the middle and he got basically midair, he got his legs knocked out from under him, and he threw – I knew Conklin had to go up to get it. The fact that ball's even there – I mean, there, there's so few quarterbacks that could even have the, the arm elasticity to even get the ball out there. He He's great throwing down the seam vertically. We saw that with Conklin and Garrett Wilson, all these different things. And then they just never – it's that old It's that old meme. They're buying a Ferrari, and then they're just driving around suburbia to get groceries. You don't get a Ferrari for that. You get a Lincoln Na- – not a Lincoln Navy. That's an expensive car. You get a Ford Aerostar, a beat-up minivan. For that, two, two I just things. don't get. Oh, here's a great stat for you, Justin. Yeah, what do you got? What do you got? I hate to, I hate to uh, bring up a, a Darren Rovell tweet, but this is an interesting stat. Ooh, okay. This is an interesting stat still. This is the 34th combined night game for the Jets or Giants since 2018. Guess how many they've won? 34 combined. 34th for the Jets and the Giants. Five. Four. <laughs> I thought that was I thought five was underselling it. Four. Oh. The Jets and the Giants combined in night games since 2018 are four and thirty. Like, like how does that happen? How states football, dude. Oh my god. I got another stat for you. This is courtesy of Brian in chat. Said check out Samini's most recent tweets. I checked it out. Zach Wilson, the interception came under pressure. Wilson has now thrown two passing touchdowns to 10 interceptions when under pressure in his career. Oh, my That's God. The, that is the second-worst touchdown inter- interception ratio by a QB under pressure since ESPN began tracking it, that stat back in 2009. You know who, uh, or I guess, number number three is? Mark Sanchez. Mark number Sanchez. one is Brock Osweiler. Mark Sanchez actually – if he if he just said drop back three steps, get the ball out quick. Like he actually yeah, he had an good. arm and he got the ball, and he had an offensive line. <laughs> and he had offensive line. Mark Sanchez's problem was he was not a good athlete, so when things yeah. weren't good, he just tried to force too many things. Like it's almost the opposite with Wilson. Like it's it, he's a, he's a bizarro quarterback. The things that are hard, he's incredibly good at. The yep. things that should be very easy, he can't do. Exactly. Hackett thinks he's making things easier. By running this basic offense, he's not. He's actually making things harder because he's making Zach do what he's not as good at, which is the one main thing you're supposed to do as a coach is to have players do things they're good at. That's like number one that you don't even – that's first day of school, first lesson, first thing I tell you. I am genuinely starting to get convinced that Nathaniel Hackett ignores the tape of his own players because he consistently puts players in positions to fail. And I think it's perfect when you look at like how they've used their running backs, right? Brees Hall is their best third down back. He is their best pass catching back. He's also their best pass blocking back. They never, ever have him do either of those roles. On third down, they usually have Michael Carter in there, who credits to Michael Carter. He tries his best at, at pass blocking, but he's like five foot nine. He's not particularly good at it because he's not big. They throw screens to Dalvin Cook when he's historically been a bad pass catching back. It's just 
they consistently use guys in positions where I, I don't understand it. Has he watched their film? Has he seen what their strengths are? Has he seen what they're good at? Because and also at this stage, I'd rather have Conklin out there run blocking than Uzama because Uzama's been dog shit at it. He's been a terrible run blocker. He consistently gets penalties, and yet they still think he's their best run blocking tight end. So they throw him out there in all these obvious running situations. I, I just I don't understand the evaluation of the talent on their own roster. And it, it's it's bothersome. And that's why when people are like, oh, well, they, they traded Miko Hardman because he couldn't beat out a rookie. How are you supposed to trust that, that that that's like how are you supposed to trust the Jets offensive coaching staff's evaluation of any player? Why couldn't they find a room for, for a, a home for Miko Hardman in this offense? Didn't they even attempt. They they didn't, didn't it's try. not that they played him and he sucked and they go, all right, it didn't gel. Never tried. Never tried once. Try. It's just it's it's awful, man. It's awful. First of all, by the way, shout out everybody in chat. I think this is probably the most active chat we've had. This is the most active oh, chat we've had in terms of viewers. We'll happily like, bark like seals in pain for you guys because yeah. this, <laughs> this isn't is, because of this, this atrocity. Is a, this is a community venting session. We appreciate everybody who's tuned in and appreciate everyone who consistently tunes in. You guys are awesome, and you make this, this jet season bearable at least a I, little bit. I think I figured it out what, what happens like this. More so than I can remember watching football. I think I've said this before. Coaches are confusing familiarity with skill. They're confusing how well they know guys, how much guys know them. Like they're prioritizing that more than sometimes actual talent and ability yeah. to play. I think my theory, and this is giving overwhelming benefit of the doubt to Hackett and this offensive coaching staff, is what they're thinking is – like like Uzama Ruckert. Uzama knows the offense better than Ruckert. However that may be. I don't know if they're doing BuzzFeed pop quizzes, whatever the hell they're doing to quantify that. That same BS test that said CJ Stroud was stupid and now he's dominating. Maybe they're all taking that and it says Uzama's better than, than Ruckert. I, I think some of the – because also it's a lot of veteran guys. He always leans on a lot of the older guys over some of the younger guys. Like, I think he thinks, well, that my offense, because I'm Nathaniel Hackett and very smart and a genius and daddy special boy because the only reason I'm in the league is my dad's a freaking coach because I'm a useless dope otherwise. I My offense is so complex that you got to be really smart to understand it. Aaron Rodgers gets it. Oh, Xavier Gibson, all that. Oh, no, they're too. The, the, they're Philistines. They don't understand the brilliance of Nathaniel Hackett. So he has. So you have to be thinking. If that's your mindset. You're like, oh well, they know what to do. Eventually, good things will happen. No, we're past. Eventually, good things will happen. Season's half over. We got a quote from Sauce Gardner here, and again, I think this just speaks to the problem with the entire Jets organization and their mindset. We're not playing complimentary football. Yes, but he also added after that that the coaches tell them that they can't lose if the opposition doesn't score. Is that technically true? It's logically true. <laughs> but again, it speaks to the problem with the mindset of the organization. That's how the defense feels. They feel that, if, if, hey, if we hold the opposition to zero points, that's the only way we can win this game. That's our margin for error. We, ha we have no margin for error. We have to hold the defense, the, the opposing offense to zero points because that's Robert Sala's mindset going into every game. We heard it before the game, him basically saying that it's a race to see who gets to 20 points first. You're admitting that your offense fucking sucks. You're admitting that, and you're saying that we can't do anything on offense and we have to win on defense. Try, man. Just try to do what you did in Kansas City because you looked like a really good offense against a very good defense that game. Go into games on offense with the offensive strategy of, hey, we're going to try and score points. Honestly, they should go into every game thinking they have a league average defense. 
That's how they should play. They shouldn't play like we have a top three defense in the NFL. They should play every game like they have a league average or league average defense because maybe they'd be more pressed to try and score on offense. I don't know. It worked against Kansas City. Salah's been coaching like a guy who has depression lately. It doesn't matter. Often doesn't matter. Like you would think, I, I guess he's saying, well, the offense is so bad. It doesn't matter. We'll just let this, we'll let Hackett do whatever he does. And maybe we'll get some points. And maybe we won't. I don't know. That seems like how he's operating when if I, again, I'm not never going to be anywhere close to an NFL head coach. And I'm not, I would make a, a million more bad decisions than Robert Sala would. But if I were in that position, one part do you think, well, if I'm, if our offense doesn't matter, and I obviously like nothing's working, wouldn't you just think, all right, you know what? We've scored ten points a game. F it. Try this. F it. Try that. You'd think that you'd actually be more experimental because eh, nothing's working. Do whatever you want. Instead, he's like, nothing's working. Just be boring. That's fine. Like it, it, it's backwards logic. I, I want to get to a couple more comments uh, in chat as we kind of round out this. This late night stream. Thank you so much for commenting on YouTube, Facebook, yeah. wherever it may be. It's it's um, almost 1230 here on the East Coast. And you guys are still popping off. Greatly appreciate it as always. Greatly appreciate it. Barney Miller. Wasn't that a TV show, Barney Miller? I think Abe Vigoda was in it. Uh, Barney Miller. Sorry if you've heard that reference a thousand times. Sure. Probably have. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is a problem. He's the one who dragged all these washed up friends here. I mean, we, we said earlier, you get the bad parts of Rodgers, which are all these acolytes and sycophants that have to play big roles. It, it, that's what we're about. They're not going to fire Hackett. They're, they're not going to fire Hackett. They're not going to think about it. <laughs> oh, and then you don't get the good part, which is Aaron Rodgers being a Hall of Fame quarterback. Uh, Patrick Cahill back in chat. Uh, the offense always looks lackadaisical and disinterested. Lackadaisical, yeah. I mean, they're, they're trying. I mean, they're just not yeah, they're good. trying. That's like they're trying their hardest, man. They, they are trying to score points. That's, that I makes it worse. They are trying. <laughs> they're trying to score points out there. They're just really bad. But Barney Miller again uh, with this D and last year's offense were seven and two. I mean, now if they, scored, if they had scored 23 points, that old stat, 23 points is league average. If they had 23 points in every game going back to the beginning of last year, counting this one, 21 and five. They're 11 and 15. 11 I, 14. I miss Mike LaFleur. <laughs> we, what was our first topic on show number one? Be careful yeah. about firing Mike LaFleur. And then they immediately fired him. <laughs> And you know what? When Stafford's been healthy, Rams look okay. They do look okay. And obviously he's not calling plays. And I'm not even sitting here. Neither of us ever said that Mike LaFleur was a top 10 offensive coordinator. But he sure as hell is better than what this shit is. He's a lot. I, I, I understand before it was a chat. It's like, oh, well, they, they kept LaFleur. They probably don't get Rodgers. Yeah, I know. I'm aware. But guess who's quarterbacking for the Jets right now? It's not Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> if we had Mike LaFleur and, I don't know, freaking Derek Carr, we probably got, what, two, three extra wins? And that's saying a lot because Derek Carr stinks, bro. Like, and I, Derek Carr is what, like the 18th best quarterback in the league right now? So, yeah. So, I don't know. He might even be worse than that. As someone who's hands up wanted Derek Carr in the Jets this offseason when I was not sure about Aaron Rodgers. Before Rogers we knew Rodgers was even a thing. Yeah, before we knew that Rodgers was a genuine possibility. It was like, hey, I'm cool with Derek Carr. I think they can win some games with him. And I do still believe that. He still blows. Like, he's not good, Derek Carr. And I, I'm down on him after after what I've seen from this season. But you're right. They probably have a couple extra games with him if, if he's their quarterback. Another one from Barney. Uh, Garrett's the only legit weapon. Last year we had Davis, yep. Braxton, Moore, and even Mims. I mean, if we're pining yeah, for Braxton Mims. Barrios as a weapon. I don't know about Mims. I, I don't know about Mims. Mims is D- – yeah, Davis and Moore. I mean, Elijah Moore is not exactly thriving in Cleveland. But, I mean, Davis Moore – Davis said- Moore. Corey Davis is missing. 
I said it in March that Corey Davis was the second best wide receiver on the Jets roster. I said he was better than Alan Lazard. Everyone fucking shit all over me, man. And, and now, I, I mean, like that they want those those comments back now. Uh, Johnny Blaze with something I definitely agree with. Sal needs to be a coach and set the standard rather than be a cheerleader. Yeah, that I may sound a little harsh, but again, the the relentless positivity can wear on. I think that's what made him snap last year was the relentless positivity. Yes. I think it's. Garrett Wilson we're going back to the same thing again. Garrett Wilson after the game today, he said, I don't know what you want me to say, man. I'm tired of this, man. Players are done. Like, they're done. The op- they're, they're losing the offense. They're losing guys like Garrett Wilson. They're losing guys like Brees Hall. Sauce Gardner is getting discouraged. Like, shit needs to change. It, it needs to change. And it's, it's, it's beyond the tweaks. And it's beyond the, oh, we're close. And, you know, if we could just put it all together. No, you're way off. You're not even close to competent on offense right now. You haven't scored a touchdown drive of longer than one play in seven weeks. That's not normal. That's not we're close. That's not, oh, just a few tweaks. You're so far off from being even close to competent, man. Like, and, you, and it just, they need the wholesale changes need to be made. They do. Right. Brandon R. AVT is the team MVP. They haven't recovered from his absence. I mean, actually, Honestly. I will give him this. For most of the night against Max Crosby with that yeah, patchwork line, did all right. I got to say, did all right. I thought Xavier Newman played well. Obviously, the, we'll, I'll watch back and see, you know, see what what the pressure numbers look like and everything. But I thought he held up pretty well at, at right guard, which that's nice, I guess. I, I mean, and he was and playing horrible, too. He got part. banged up and came back in. I mean, he did. And Max Mitchell did his part. I thought they did actually have – I'll give credit to whoever, Hackett, Keith Carter, whoever, Todd Downing. I thought they had a pretty good game plan to try and, try and stop Max Crosby. They were doubling him a lot. They were chipping them with tight ends. I thought they did a pretty good job with that. So give credit to the offensive coaching staff. Well, they did that play. against Joey Bosa last week. Who knows what happened? No. Uh, and, and then uh, Barney again, I just pinned it accidentally. Now let's get it back up. Uh, LaFleur with Wentz now. Wonder how that's going to go. I got news for you. Michael oh, LaFleur and Carson Wentz on this Jets team would be significantly be, five times better offensively. Be a lot better than this. But, uh, considerably. Uh, and RMO, my concerning point, this is my big fear. This team will be a year older next year, wasting the talent where they're still cheap. Yes. You got to pay Brees Hall. You got to pay Garrett Wilson. You got to pay Sauce Gardner. You can't keep all these guys. Right. Jermaine, Huff, Will McDonald. You can't keep all three of those guys forever. It, it can't just be – this was the narrative last year. The narrative was, oh, the defense is so great. Just wait till next year and we get a quarterback. It's the same narrative again this they year. Got it. Well, they did get a quarterback. And I, just- I, I know, and that's not me blaming him for Aaron Rodgers getting hurt, but it's like you can't just keep pushing back the window. Eventually the window closes. Like DJ Reed's not going to get any older or not going to get any younger, and soon that bargain of a contract you got him on, it's not going to be a bargain anymore because you're going to have to extend him. You already extended Quinn and Williams. You're going to have to pay guys like Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall. They're already going to have to pay Bryce Huff this offseason, and I sure as hell hope they do. Like C.J. Mosley, who knows how much longer he's going to be at this level or even on the, still on the roster. You he can't just retire keep, after this year. Who knows? You can't keep while well, he's having a beaver. I mean, he would go out on top because he's having a great year this year. But you, you can't keep the band together forever. You can't. And eventually, this great defense, it's not going to be as great as it is now. So, yeah, you are wasting it. And it sucks that they just said, well, season's over when, when Aaron Rodgers went down because it seems like that's what they did. Or at least they said they said our offense is what it is when Aaron Rodgers went down. That's what they did. They had every opportunity to make changes. They had every opportunity to make moves at the trade deadline. They passed. They said, this is our offense. We're confident that we're close and that we're a few tweaks away from, from actually getting to where we want to be. And they still can't score a touchdown, Mike. They still they still can't score a touchdown. They're not close. Score a touchdown. Hold a lead. These are not. We're not saying score 30 points a game. We're not even saying score 20. We're saying score a singular touchdown. 
they're not see Barney and Chad saying maybe they're low key tanking. He meant tanking here. They're not. The defense is too good to tank. That's what's like, if you want to lose games, you're not going to lose that. Like they will win games this season. The Jets will win at least three more games this year. I'll, I'll put money on that, that they win three more games. this You season. put money on Max Crosby getting a sack. So I don't know. Uh, that <laughs> record's gonna go. Dude, my bets are so bad. You have no idea. I haven't won a sports bet in so long. Maybe I just, and, yet you, and you put that on Max Crosby. <laughs> That's the thing. I had to make well, it. I call, had to call the number, man. Jeez. I, I, I like lost like three bets in a row by like one yard. And I was like, that's it. I'm never making another sports bet again. And then oh, I was like, all right, man, this week, Max Crosby's got to get a sack. Right? I went like, on a long hiatus because I remember I went to Saratoga and I did one of those like exactors where you got to get all three horses in a row. Yeah. And the one oh. I needed to win, win. The one I needed to come in second came in second. The oh. one I needed to come in third came in fourth. Oh. And then there was a long review and they almost gave it to him, but no. And I would have won a bunch. I'm like, all right. That's I, I give up. This is why I <laughs> I'm don't back gamble. into it a little bit, but I mean that was that was heartbreaking. This is why I don't gamble, man. But yeah, dude, the defense is too good. The defense is too good to tank. They're gonna win a couple of games. They're gonna steal ones. Like they absolutely could 100 beat the Dolphins. They could beat the Bills. They can. Like we've seen them beat the Eagles and the Bills with pretty much the exact same formula. It just comes down to a coin flip, and if the offense gets fewer turnovers than the defense gets takeaways, that's pretty much what it comes down to. That's a good it's formula. Much. Oh, if luck happens, then yeah, we can that's, win. That's, yeah, that's what it is. That, that, that's what their formula success was early in the season. They looked at their roster and said, we are okay with this being our formula for success. So that's what it is. That's what they're stuck with now. It's week 11. It's too late to make changes to the roster. This is who they're stuck with. Because I, I genuinely, again, I want to sit here. And I, I know we can still preview the upcoming game, whatever, Mike. Like, I, I, I want to sit here and be like, here's how you fix the offense. Here's what they can do. I don't think they have the pieces. They don't. I don't think they have the guys on this roster on, on offense to be competent. I don't care what changes they make. As much as I want to see Israel Abanacanda get snaps from Michael Carter, do I think that's going to win the game for the Jets? Probably not. Their O-line is banged up to high hell, and they still held their own. I don't think Trevor Simeon does anything more than what Zach Wilson did in this game today. And your receiver room sucks. Al Lazard is bad, but who are you replacing him with? Jason Brownlee? You have undrafted rookies behind him. It's all bad, and then we're, we know they're not getting rid of Hackett. So how do you change it? You, you don't. They just signed don't. up for this. This is what they have. Don't don't trip and Chad, who's been an active Raider fan. Uh, they're not beating the Finns or the Bills. Don't lie to yourself. What podcast have you been listening to? This is, has this been an optimistic podcast? They are. They beat the fucking Eagles, dude. Like, like I don't know what this team is. It makes no they sense. They can beat any team and can lose to any team. They play up or down to every competition because their defense is dominant enough to literally dominate any game and hold any team to below twenty points. It just comes down to maybe their offense gets a couple of lucky breaks that week. That's what it comes down. To. That's what every Jets game comes down to. Brian and Chad, if the Jets somehow finish with a worse record than last year, we're going to have some serious conversations about Joe Douglas. I, yeah, sure. I, I mean, it's it a thing, though, because, like, again, the Rodgers move was good. Nobody – and looks bad because of the injury, but there's no – you can't predict that. You can plan for him getting hurt. That's one thing with the backup quarterback. You can't predict that. So, like, I don't know if that's his fault. Of course, he had the 2022 draft. But, again, this is year five? Yeah. Last two, 2019 well 2019 was his first year but he didn't have an offseason that year so it's like you're you know, five you're four of offseason work yeah he's in four offseasons 20 21 22 and 23 no no winning seasons even for crying no. out loud I mean, it's a fair gotta, point, like 
The Joe again, Douglas Johnson again, offensive line specialist, specialist. I guess it's late. Specialist, specialist, <laughs> specialist. What am I even? <laughs> it's twelve thirty, man. I don't blame you. The Jets have the best specialist teams in the league, but uh, I don't even know if they're dude. They miss Justin Hardy. I'll tell you that they miss Hardy because because Eccles is not it on as a gunner. He he's had some. He's yeah, had even some the punt gunners so aren't. Even the gunners are bad. Like it's it, or have been. It, look, the Douglas conversation's fair. Like it's really totally quick though. Johnny Blaze in chat, one fifty without an interception was good by Zach. Well, this offense was. He had eight fumbles in five games. <laughs> and how many nine, nine, and how nine. many times they even let him throw a ball that could have been picked that was remotely dangerous? I mean, the Joe Douglas. That's, that's not good decision making. That is. We got have- without the training wheels. We got to have a whole podcast on Joe Douglas one of these days because, like, it's a, it's a fair conversation. I think overall. Joe Douglas has done more good than bad for the Jets organization. Unfortunately, it, you need to produce results eventually. It's a results-driven league, and if you're not getting those results, I don't care if it's Aaron Rodgers getting hurt, whatever's causing it, you're going to catch heat for it, and that's deserved. And I also think that Douglas did a lot of things other than the Rodgers trade, which obviously, great move. <laughs> Hard to criticize trading for a Hall of Fame quarterback. But other than that, I think he made a lot of really bad moves this offseason. I think overall it was a bad offseason. It's not even making bad. It's, it's the not making moves. Yeah, well, everything. I mean, it, the, yeah. you it's could not, not getting another receiver. It's not getting a backup quarterback. It's yeah. not making a trade. I don't think they could have messed up the wide receiver position more than they did this offseason. They trade Elijah Moore, which fine, whatever. You're going to trade Elijah Moore. It's part of the reason they got Joe Tittman. I don't hate that they traded Elijah Moore, but it has to be taken into account with this. You sign Al Lazard to a very bad contract. You overvalue him, pay him $11 million a year over four years. He's been awful. You sign Miko Hardman, don't use him at all. He's been awful. You neglect the position entirely in the draft. Not only do you not use a, a, a top pick on him on a wide receiver, you don't draft a single wide receiver. You then go out and, and you're interested in, 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 in signing Odell Beckham but you're not interested in signing DeAndre Hopkins. You could have released Corey Davis and signed Hopkins completely leveling in cap space and, and essentially potentially even saving cap space in the process. And then they go into the year with this as their wide receiver core, not to mention whatever they wanted out of Randall Cobb. They bring him in and eventually make him wide receiver three. Every single wide receiver is in the decision that they made this offseason was the wrong decision. And they're paying for it now. I think we're going to call time on this because we are just – it's late at night. We probably have woken – each of us probably woken some neighbors up. And yep. we are not – Nathaniel Hackett's not going to get fired. So we can yell and scream and bang our fist until we're blue in the face. And the Jets are probably going to roll out this same lineup against the Buffalo Bills in Buffalo. Oh, they beat the Bills before. Yeah, in Buffalo? They could. And they're pissed off because they've been losing. Yeah, okay. It's this, and this is what the like. How are we supposed to preview the Bills on Wednesday, Mike? What are we supposed to say? It's the same, that's what we said for the Raiders game. You remember? It's the same they, thing. If they do A, B, and C, they win. But Zach could screw it up. Same, if, same if as always. If their defense dominates and they tur- don't turn the ball over a ton and they get a couple of lucky breaks, they could beat the Bills. But there you, you go. Can say that that's about our any team for any game. <laughs> that's. It's the same thing every week. It's the same thing every week. And unfortunately, it's the same thing every week because the Jets put out the same product every week. And it's so, not changing. But We'll, man, we'll put out a similar product to this show on Wednesday at 3 o'clock when we do our live podcast. That's a transition at 1230 at night. Thank you guys so much for joining on YouTube and Facebook. YouTube in particular. Thank you guys so much. This was an yeah. incredibly active chat. You guys had a ton to say, a ton of really nice opinions on the Jets, the Raiders, Zach Wilson, Hackett, Salah. 
whatever it is. So we are immeasurably grateful for that. And if you want to go see more of that and jump in on more streams, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it may be you get your podcast. We're on all those sites and YouTube and TikTok. Both of them are at the Jet Press. Make sure you subscribe. Make sure you give the video a like and make sure you leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Justin, my fellow, my fellow Paul Bearer, my fellow uh, mortician, looking at the now lifeless, dead New York Jets. Uh, any fi- final words before we embalm and entomb this season? I know it's twelve thirty, but you know what I, you know what I think I'm about to do. I think I'm going to go, uh, go write a mock draft. I think it's mock draft time. <laughs> I think it's, I think it's officially mock you draft season. Too good for mock draft time. I think it's mock draft. Yeah, the Jets are thirteenth in the AFC right now, man. They, they could get a good pick if they keep below them with, with the Patriots, right? Patriots and the Broncos. and the Titans, right? Titans, Titans. But wait, yeah. then I guess because the Broncos too. Yeah, the Broncos are technically are they? Oh, because there's sixteen. I'm, I don't even know how many teams are in the AFC anymore. There were fifteen. There's six. It doesn't matter. I'm gonna do a mock draft. Probably keep an eye on that in the morning. If I if I I'll, I'll stay up and I'll write a mock draft. Why not? I'll be a masochist. But yeah, it's brutal. If you want to if you want to catch us, do the exact same thing that we just did tonight. Uh, we'll be here. We'll be back on Wednesday before I do the whole like sign up thing. Greatly appreciate all of your comments. Like genuinely, seriously, from bottom of our hearts. Like. Cannot say how much we appreciate all of your comments. Everybody who's tuning in, it sucks watching this team. Like, it really does suck watching this team sometimes, but it sucks a little bit less when we have others to share our thoughts with and others to vent with. With that being said, thank you all for joining us on the show today. You can follow Mike on Twitter at by Mike Luciano. You can follow me on Twitter at Justin T. Freed. Follow the Jet Press at the Jet Press. Download Jet Press Podcast wherever you get your podcast. You know, as Mike said, Google Podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcast, all that stuff. Overcast, always shout out Overcast. Also, check us out on YouTube and TikTok. Subscribe, like, hit that notification bell. You guys know what to do. We stream live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern time and live immediately following every Jets disaster of a football game. Thank you all for listening to Jet Press Podcast. I have been Justin Freed. That has been Mike Luciano. We'll see you guys next time. We will see you guys on Wednesday. Hopefully, we're in a better mood, but I wouldn't I wouldn't bet any money on that. You hear that, Justin? I heard you. <laughs> this is, boy, was this a game. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.